What's up, everybody? My name is Sid, and I've teamed up with the big homie Reg to bring y'all something new. Something we like to call Beyond the Scoreboard. Y'all be sure to review, rate, and subscribe. Let's get to it. Me and my niggas, we gon' get rich. Hey, fuck on your bitch. Hey, she fuck with the green. Cause my green is mean. What's up, everybody? This is the first official show of the Beyond the Scoreboard podcast. We appreciate all of y'all for giving it a listen, and we hope that y'all enjoy it. So the first thing I would like to talk about uh, is this uh, victory by the New Orleans Saints, our New Orleans Saints. I feel like as well as they have played um, in other weeks, given circumstances with injuries and um Blown coverages in the secondary, all that good stuff. Um, I feel like it would be a dishonor uh, to start the show and not not talk about the Saints first. So um, going into this game, something that I, I knew I can count on was Marshawn Lattimore locking up Mike Evans. Um, of course, you never expect him to pitch a shutout against uh, any receiver, let alone somebody like Mike Evans. But he did it yet again. Uh, I don't know what it is about. Mike Evans that makes Marshawn Lattimore feel that comfortable. But, I mean, this dude, if he's ever in the slump and we play Tampa, he always get out of that slump. And uh, one thing about this particular week, this is normally when the Saints start gelling. So that's why I was very happy uh, to see his play because we about mid-pack of the season. This is where the defense start picking up. But um, I had a few takeaways from that game. Um Obviously, defense played great. Uh, everything you you read, it always says Drew Brees and the New Orleans Saints defeat Tampa Bay. I think it should say New Orleans defensive line uh, defeated Tampa Bay. First play of the game, Cam Jordan got pressure, which I always uh, like to see. You know, I like to rack and stack uh, when my boy gets sacks. But um, I think the defensive line uh, set the tone for the night. They were outstanding all night long, uh, making the job a little bit more easier for that secondary, man. Um and that was like, you know, really the whole point of the game. Uh, you could credit Jack Rabbit for playing phenomenal on the outside, CJ Gordon Johnson doing his thing in the slot. Uh, Malcolm Jenkins, man, man to man, Gronk. This game, no help. He said he felt like he didn't need help week two, uh, week one. Um, this week, they truly gave him no help, and he locked Gronk up. Uh, um, and your boy, Trey Higginson, uh, 7.5 sacks on your man third in the lead. Um, he's not even a household name. I'm not even sure if there's a lot of Saints fans that have uh, noticed how well he's played. Um, but they all held their own, man. Um, Drew Brees threw a ball to everybody. I thought he was going to put me in the game and throw me one. Uh, <laughs> he had a great night. Anytime Taysom Hill could throw a ball and, and James Winston could throw a ball and they both complete passes, man, I mean, uh, it's a, it was, that's a great thing. Um, probably Jared Cook's worst game as a New Orleans Saint. Like, think about that. He had like two or three drops, um, fumbled on a one, and he allowed that script sack on Drew Brees, and yet we still won by 28 simply yeah. because we called the dogs off. So, no complaints here, man. What, what you got from that game? Um, you touched on, on most of what was, what was really big in that game. Um, Taysom Hill... Once again, we'll probably come back later. We can have a whole show just talking about him just because of where we stand on him and how um, 
and how how deep those conversations go with our feelings about him. But as of uh, Sunday night, him getting in there and running these options or straight up power quarterback runs, he was very efficient and he managed to not turn the ball over, which more than anything, uh, if we putting him in there, that's one thing he absolutely can't be doing is turning the ball over. Um, the offensive line played great against that defensive front, which all season I've been saying uh, I really do respect Tampa Bay's front seven. It's a secondary I don't really uh, have that much faith in. But our, our offensive line was able to really hold up against a front seven. Um, defensively, man, that's one of that's been uh, up until Sunday one of the best defenses in the league this year. Um, once again, part of that is because of how much pressure um, they're able to get out of their front seven. But for that to for that team to be that good defensively and just get uh, ran over with ease as they did uh, Sunday. That was that was good to see for it being our team doing that. Um, Michael Thomas being back and not really having to force feed him is a good thing. Um, Emmanuel Sanders still showing up. I agree with you, Malcolm Jenkins. That was probably his best game of the season. Um, Trey, uh, Cam Jordan is somebody I do want to touch on for a second because man, I've I've been looking for him in these past few weeks, and it's mm-hmm. and it's hard to say because honestly, Trey Hendrickson wouldn't be able to do what he's doing if Cam Jordan isn't on the opposite side, most likely. Great, so he gets yep. that credit exactly. still, mm-hmm. you know. And it was great to see him coming off that line on the first play of the game and setting that tone. Yeah. Um, and that's something I always have to remind myself, even though he's not getting the sacks, the seven and a half sacks that Trey Hendrickson has on the opposite side of him is accredited to him as well because he's a big part of that. Um, but like you say, man, this is the part, this is the point of the season where we usually start really gelling and rolling. And that was a huge, uh, a huge game to really get that momentum going towards uh, what is a favorable schedule going forward, especially these next five games? So uh, just to go ahead and jump a little bit in the future, because, I mean, I really feel like um, we know what Tampa is right now. Tampa was uh, a hot team coming into this game. Everybody had them penciled in uh, to represent the NFC in some form of fashion. Uh, you start hearing the Brady MVP talks. You start hearing the, this is the Gronk we expected. So. This is what I like about these kind of games. Um, I, lo- I love when a team is boosted or a team is, uh, is getting all this love and attention. Yeah. Because once you beat that team, don't start acting like y'all just wasn't hyping them up. Exactly. Don't go back to O'Brady oh, still finding his way and, and Antonio Brown has to get. No, this is the same team that all of a sudden he go from uh, Ronald Jones to Rojo uh, you, and all this good stuff. You know what I'm saying? Scotty Miller is a problem. And man, look, Tampa is a good team. We destroyed them point blank. Yeah. Like no excuses. Uh, now, going forward, though, um, I don't know how many wins you have New Orleans finishing the year with. I think we got I think we got eight games. I took a look into the into the rest of the schedule. I think we have eight games left. Yeah. Um it's a very um very I wouldn't say e- I wouldn't say easy, but I like the matchups. Yeah. Um I can definitely see us winning five out of the 
last eight games. And honestly, we should probably win seven of the next eight games, but it's not gonna play out <laughs> like that. I was I was thinking about that earlier because like right, I said, these right. next five, we got Atlanta twice, we got the 49ers coming up, which they're dismantled at this point. We they go to Denver and we got Philly. That's our next mm-hmm. five. The mm-hmm. only we shouldn't we shouldn't lose any of those games. <laughs> right. I wouldn't be shocked if we mess around and drop one to the Falcons or yeah. um go to yeah. Denver and that weather mm-hmm. does something to us and we drop one yep. out there. That's um, exactly what I was thinking. Yep. But honestly, out of the eight games, out of the eight games we have left, the only one that we should even feel like it's a possibility that we can lose is the Chiefs. But once again, like you said, we're going to end up losing two or three of those games going forward, but Mm -hmm. that shouldn't be the case. Yeah. And I don't even want to dive too far or too deep into uh, the opponents that we have because we could get on it and talk all day about that KC matchup. Yeah. Uh, However, I will say this. Um, Atlanta, no matter how great or how bad, us all Atlanta are when we face each other, all that is out the window. Yeah. But uh Atlanta is so bad this year. I'm gonna go on a limb and say I think we beat them twice. Like if Atlanta, I, I mean they can score, don't get me wrong. They, yeah. they can score and do this and do that. But as a football club, it takes more than just offense, you know, sometimes to win a game, especially knowing that the Saints defense is probably about to take off. You like I said, this is normally when we take off. So um, hopefully we take care of business and we sitting in the driver's seat, bro, representing the division and uh, getting that bye week. And me keeping it even a little closer, just looking at the 49ers matchup come Sunday, that's a game with coming off a win like we just had. You look to you look forward to that next game and be like, man, who we playing? Because we don't want to end up, you know, going in there with two overlooking that team and ended up in a bad situation. But with the 49ers being as hurt and as dismantled as they are at this point, it's going to even be hard to even, even if we go into that game overlooking them, it's going to be kind of hard to drop that one. Exactly. That's a real good one to have coming off of that victory that we just had. Yeah, I I agree. I think even with all the injuries, uh, San Francisco is playing slightly better than what I know I thought they would be able to play. Um, They they hit coach, bro. Like when we think of offensive, uh, Great offensive minds. I mean, he's right up there uh, with the cream of the crop uh, as of uh, play callers right now. Um, I really like how uh, he can get everybody involved. I mean, San Francisco could be on a seventh running back who they just signed last week from the Canadian League. This dude stepped in, 25 carries, a buck, 22 touchdowns. So, I mean – it just comes down to San Francisco needing a quarterback, even when healthy. I still, you know, I know you like Jimmy G a little bit more than me, but I just feel like he was uh, overhyped immediately, and he has yet to prove himself. And um, he is still, to me, the weakest link on the offense when fully healthy. Yeah, um, maybe. I mean, I don't, I don't really care for their receivers, like talking about either. Um, but that's another conversation. One more thing I did want to address before we moved off the Saints is I wanna I want to give credit to Dennis Allen. Don't nobody want to talk about Dennis Allen this week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but any other week everybody has something to say about Dennis Allen. And me and you have had these conversations. Uh, like, hey, look, yeah. that scheme, what of our what are our players giving us? 
That same yep. team they rolled out there with Sunday night is the same thing we've been rolling out there with for the previous seven games. And yep. the execution was just what it was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So hopefully everybody can back off Dennis Allen for the <laughs> for a while now <laughs> because when when executed properly, his scheme does work. He brought himself three or four games. <laughs> <laughs> Just last week, man, uh, you would have came to me with Dennis Allen, man. I, you give me a generator. I just went through a storm. You give me a generator, you can have Dennis Allen, man. Uh, but he brought himself three or four games, man. Uh, and like I said, Tampa Bay is – is whenever we play Tampa, our defense uh, normally find themselves and, and, and play better anyway. So yeah. um, can't take nothing away from them. All, you know me, my biggest thing is if we can hype you up, when you're doing great, you have to be able to take that that criticism when you don't perform well. Yeah. So all the tough times I've had on Dennis Allen and Lattimore, because I love Al- Alamore, uh, Lattimore when he's when he's balling, but man, when he when he gets beat by the third string or somebody who we know he's faster than or whatever the case is, it just burns me up, man. So yeah, hats off to Dennis Allen, hats off to the whole Saints uh, defense, whole team, man. Everybody played Absolutely. great. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, what did you want to touch on next, man? Uh, let's jump into this Seattle-Buffalo game. This Seattle oh. Seahawks uh, against the Bills, which ended up being 44-34. And um, just now when you were saying, you said that about how Tom Brady was in the MVP discussion going into that game, um, Russell Wilson for the first, what, five, six weeks was – uh, in my opinion, firmly at the top of the MVP mm-hmm. conversation. And two out of these last three games has has pushed him out of that. Um we knew we knew we know what Seattle's defense is. Seattle's defense is probably the worst well no, I know them to be the worst in the league. They've been that this whole season and uh this loss to Buffalo and the loss what it was two weeks ago to Arizona Mm-hmm. Um, that just it, it it falls on the first those first five or six games. Russell Wilson playing so amazing that it that he was able to counteract every all the badness of the defense. Um, and uh, the game against Arizona ended up being um ended up being a three interception game for him right. and. Yesterday, uh, Sunday's game ended up being a a two interception, five sack game for him. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately for Russell Wilson, he has to play mistake free football in order to in order to outdo all the in order to overcome all of the points and the yards that the defense is going to give up. Mm-hmm. And that. That is going to be the downfall of this Seattle Seahawks team. Uh, but when he, because when he's not turning the ball over, he can out, he can go out there and probably outscore any team in the league as long right. as he, you know, doesn't score the ball over. It's just the fact that his defense is going to give up just about just as many points, right? And yep. um, and as of now. That that's been the difference. Buffalo was able to drop two games back to back, and they bounced back since. It hasn't yeah. been pretty. They haven't played the toughest teams, but they've been able to bounce back, and they're still looking like um, the best team in their division uh, for sure. But it's also a win that they had to have Sunday because if they lose that game, then 
they're looking at having the same amount of losses as a as a Miami team that's surging right, right now as well. Yeah. True. I had a few takeaways from that game. Um, it was one of the better games on this past Sunday to me. Um, the one thing that I wanna I wanna throw out there before I even start, man, is like just what good coaching can do for a football team. Because if you watch this game from from start to finish, especially the first half, uh, there's no way you can miss how well prepared Buffalo came into this game. Yeah. From the coin toss, Buffalo was prepared for Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. And um, they, they did a, a great job defensively, Buffalo, uh, in the first half. I mean, they got home. They, they was precise with their blitzing. Uh, everybody stayed in their gaps. They got Russell Wilson off his spots. I mean, their zone coverage was phenomenal. I mean, they, they were just great um, that, the whole first half on the defensive side of the ball and on the offensive side. Uh, like you said, Buffalo uh, dropped two uh, in a row. And when you say, well, what was so different about Buffalo and those losses, uh, what I saw was Josh Allen. He didn't look like the same quarterback. He somewhat came back down to earth. He uh, wasn't throwing a deep ball. Um, he, the, the play action wasn't effective because of, you know, the lack of the running and things of that nature. And, and then the O-line, the O-line was getting Josh Allen banged up, too, in those two losses. Yeah. But if you look this past Sunday, they O-line played well. I'm talking about they O-line allowed Josh Allen to go through his progressions. He would see a running back open on the sideline and like, yeah, I'm just not ready to throw it to you. Let me let me look at Diggs two more times before <laughs> I take this check down. Uh, they, they protected him so well that it almost got him in trouble later on in the game because a lot of times he was running with the ball so loosely uh, – still looking downfield to throw it, that some of the Seattle guys was closing on him. He just wasn't aware of it because he felt in love with having that much time. But um, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you a guy who I wasn't, like, sold on, but this year um, I have to give credit with his due. Uh, Diggs is truly uh, what Buffalo was missing. Like, all yeah. last season, especially when they played New England twice, uh, they were a great receiver away or a very good receiver away. And Diggs is making a huge uh, impact on this Buffalo team. I love how they truly give him the opportunity to be a number one. Like, okay, we can't, like, we can't throw you the ball deep. We're going to give it to you short. Okay, they're taking away underneath. We're about to even give you the ball on the reverse. They're going to find a way to, to get him involved in the game. Uh, something we talked about, I think, on the phone conversation was um, – What's my man from Dallas? Uh, well, he used to play for Dallas, the slot receiver. Uh, Cole Beasley. Um, Cole Beasley. To the fact that Cole Beasley is coming alive and putting together pretty good uh, games and things of this nature. But um, Josh Allen, when, when he's playing like this, right, when he's making defenders miss, when he's looking off safeties, taking his shots deep, when he's not turning the ball over, because uh, you know what you're going to get from Buffalo's defense. Yeah. This Buffalo team is, is, is pretty tough to beat, man. Like, they won some some close, meaningful games. Um, and, and this was another one uh, that it really meant something to me if I'm a Buffalo player, offensively or defensively. Like, you know, we just knocked off the Seahawks, who, who are a pretty good team. Now, Seattle defense is truly this bad. Like, yeah. we really have to – <laughs> we really have to accept it. Like, they are really, really this bad. No pass rush uh, whatsoever unless they sit in the house. Um, and, I mean, they just have – and they have nobody uh, that can cover neither. So it's not just like 
they're lacking on one side of defense is it's both elements of it. It's the front four and it's the guys that's dropping back in coverage. Um, they are they are really this bad, man. Um, DK, I mean, he's always a bright spot. This dude is really becoming elite. I'm not quite ready to to crown him right now as of now, but he is a threat. Like he has that ability to catch a ball and take it to the house. Yeah. Uh, Ten yard in route. If your defense is spaced out enough, this dude can get inside and nobody's catching. He is really special and uh, he's really becoming a problem uh, in the lead. I still don't even think we have seen DK uh, at his best yet, uh, but it, it, he's already scary. But uh, Buffalo was able to keep those guys in check, man, long enough to 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 win this game. And I don't know if you caught that uh that uh that hit by Clean uh on Russell Wilson on that sack when he almost scripts when he almost ripped yeah. the ball out of his hand. Yeah, but and they almost got Russell Wilson killed, man. <laughs> and Tyler Lockett, Tyler Lockett is no slouch either. Um, right. And and Buffalo, Buffalo getting John Brown back Sunday. Oh, that, oh yeah, he put them yeah. another weapon. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and a deep threat one at that. Mm-hmm. So, Buffalo yeah, defense was able to cause turnovers. Yeah, they yeah. Buffalo's def- uh Buffalo is absolutely a contender in the AFC this year. Mm-hmm. Um, True. so let's go to the Monday Night Football game. Let's touch on uh, New England uh, and the New York Jets and what you saw there. Um. I- from all the conversations we've had, by now you know what I think of the Jets. Uh, the Jets, to me, are horrible. The Giants was right there with them being uh, two of the worst teams in, in football, if not D2. Uh, but the, the Giants is showing life. The Jets, for whatever reason, look much better with Joe Flacco. Uh, I know uh, Sam Darnold is your guy. I'm not big on him at all. But they look Somewhat, they, they actually look like they can luck up and win a game with Joe Flacco on the center. Uh, by all means, that's I'm not saying Joe Flacco is that guy and all this good stuff. I'm just saying they look the offense look a little bit more smoother with Joe Flacco. Um, New England defense is still pretty good. I don't care about the the, the guys out uh, who opted out due to COVID and and all the rest of the stuff. Uh, that defense is still a pretty good unit. And uh, Joe Flacco, he he gave them all they could handle, man. He was a late interception away from what I feel uh, would have won his game if he would have never turned that ball over. Yeah, uh, he managed to beat man to man coverage every time. Every time given an opportunity, Joe Flacco beat man to man coverage. And uh, Rashard Pierman, you know that's my guy from last year. Uh, I told you he was he was coming along. He had one of them flashback games, man, on a very good corner. Um, really showed him that that he's a a 4-3 guy man he uh he beat him a few times um and ex- and exposed that that defense somewhat made them keep a guy over top in some um situations where we see New England go zero uh they had to keep at least one safety over top and uh worry about that deep ball but um overall Cam Newton played lights out i mean he was phenomenal it's the jets but he was great Cam looked sharp. Decision-making, the timing routes was what would surprise me. Um, his timing on those timing routes, I mean, he was getting the ball out of his, out his hand clean. The O-line protected him when, when they needed to on the double moves and the play actions. He somewhat had a clean pocket. And when they did get pressure, man, he was he was looking like Cam of the O. Move left, 
move right, make a guy yep. miss, and uh, get rid of the ball, keeping his head downfield. And um, Barkhead and Harris, um, they were able to carry the load on the ground. Uh, they don't, you know, they don't gas you all day long. Harris normally have at least one big run a game, but you know, they're not home run type of hitters. But they move the chains, and sometimes that's all you need to win a game from your running game is, is just move the chains. Yeah. And uh, Myers, to this point, he looked like the only person that could create somewhat of separation for New England. Um, Cam looked his way all night long. Anytime he's he's he recognized man coverage, he's definitely looking his way, and uh, he was a bright spot. But overall, um. I think Cam played great, and that was the reason that New England won this game was because although both quarterbacks played great, uh, my quarterback is better than yours, which normally comes down in NFL, what it comes down to in the NFL. Um, the fact that the fact that Cam didn't turn the ball over, like that's basically all that it came down to. That one in mm-hmm. the by Joe Flacco and Cam not turning the ball over at all. Um, right. Yeah, them them being able to play to Cam Newton's strengths. Definitely uh helped him. Like you say, he was he was really fishing yesterday, twenty-seven of thirty-five for two seventy-four. He didn't turn the ball over, he didn't throw any touchdowns, but he ran into. Um Myers, like you said, and then Bird. Bird was able to to um get get open for a deep pass yesterday as well. Um like you said. <laughs> Uh, like you said, I am a fan of Sam Darnold. Um, I don't think it's just that Joe Flacco is a better quarterback than him at this point. I think that Joe Flacco uh, just is reaping the benefits of them getting healthy at this point. You know, Perriman has missed some games. Denzel Mims made his first uh, appearance, I think, last week. Uh, Jay Crowder has been beat up a lot of this season as well. Um, and now that all of those receivers are getting healthy, like like you said, you you were bigger on Perriman after last season than I was. And uh, Denzel Mims was uh, projected to be a promising receiver uh, that came out of the draft last year. So being yeah. able to get that type of talent back around them is enough to to show to for them to be showing some type of life mm-hmm. uh, in that franchise and in that team right now even though it's probably best that they just keep losing at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Which probably only going to bring more problems Sam Donald's way if they keep losing. Or get Sam Donald into a better situation. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, because if, if they keep losing, then of course they're going to take a quarterback if they right. sit on top of the draft. Exactly. And like I said, that probably put Sam Donald into a better situation. As a backup initially, but a better situation. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was about to say, all right, I got you. Yeah. So I don't want to play Monday morning quarterback uh, or Tuesday morning uh, quarterback for, for that, Sam. Uh, but what did you feel about Gates not icing the kicker at the end of the game? Because that's one of those things. If he called time now and the kicker still kicked the ball like they always do and he and he makes it and then misses it, he's the hero. But he decided not to. And the guy actually made the kick. So um, was you against that? How, how you feel about that? You take that situation to situation or you feel like it's always the, the right thing to ice the kicker? Well, uh, <laughs> well, for one, we just, you know, discussed that the best thing for the Jets is for the Jets to lose at this point. Uh, <laughs> and for two, Adam Gates is bad at his job. So, <laughs> so yes, I'm, I'm always for icing the kicker at the end of a game. 
Um, but him not doing so didn't surprise me because of those two reasons. One, mm-hmm. it's better for them to lose, and two, he's just horrible at his job. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I actually think last night was one of those games where they really was was trying to win. To me, the Jets take it week by week. If we somewhat in the ball game, we're going to continue playing. If we down 21 by halftime, uh, go ahead and start getting iced up, boys. You can take shoulder pads off if you want to. Uh, but I, like you, I always uh, want to ice the kicker. I believe in icing the kicker before halftime if there's no more meaningful seconds when you're going to receive the ball. Yeah. Uh, but I just found it weird that uh, he didn't. Even when teams bluff icing the kicker, Normally, you see a coach run on the sideline like he's trying to get the referee attention. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The whole yeah. it, it wasn't even nothing there. He was like, "Bro, you make it, you make it, bro. <laughs> like it, we together." You know what I'm saying? So Gates is uh, that was home, right. man. Yeah, <laughs> but, but like you said, it's the Jets, bro. So and surprise us about them at this point. Um, so looking into uh, this this week that we're currently in in football, um, every week, uh, Sid and I, we're going to at least take one game each um, for the Vegas odds betting um, is just random games. Sid, what game did you find uh, interesting? If you was putting in a sports bet, you would take and why? Um, the first one that really caught my eye was the Tampa Bay Carolina game. Um, they have Tampa Bay – Mm, what they got Tampa Bay? I want to say they got Tampa Bay favored by six at this point. They're giving them six points. Well, they, they favored by six points. That's what I saw. Um, Against a Carolina team who isn't, isn't a team to be slept on this year at all. Um, Even knowing that they aren't, you know, they aren't the greatest team at all, but they've been able to perform better uh, with Teddy Bridgewater at the helm over there. And even without Christian McCaffrey um, up until last week, which now it's looking like he may be out a little longer. Um, But Tampa Bay coming off the loss that they're coming off of, I don't I don't really see them holding back uh, going into next Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) And they are a team that's slowly getting healthy as well with uh, Chris Godwin being able to play through his injury. Um, them adding Antonio Brown. Um, yeah, I think that defense is going to come out with something to show after giving up 38. And the offense uh, not scoring a touchdown last week, that's something that they're absolutely going to uh, uh, correct. Okay. This, this is going to be uh, a beatdown of Carolina <laughs> <laughs> uh, just based off of the loss that they just suffered. I got you. Well, if it's anything like the first time they met the season, it'd be a beat down. So, uh, but if you're Carolina, you got to kind of, if, if you're a Carolina fan, I should say, or, or anybody that watch football, you kind of could look at it and, and say the same thing about Carolina because they coming off of a very good performance against Kansas City, a team that nobody gave them a chance against. And to be honest, there was a couple plays away from actually winning that game. True. Um, so if I'm Carolina uh, or their coaching staff or whoever, I'm looking at Tampa like, bro, we just uh, competed with Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, uh, Elvis Glare, everybody else. Um, yeah, we could, we could, we can handle y'all, bro. You know what I'm saying? So and it could be looked at. Either, it could be looked at either way. And it depends. This was a question. It depends on how much the Christian McCaffrey news deflates you, though. 
you know, you got him back. He had an amazing game. And then they come out there saying, well, look, he might not be able to go for some more weeks because of uh, because of now his shoulder injury. You know, mm-hmm. if you go back to not having him. Um, that could that could be a bit deflating. That's true. But I'm not, I don't care if um, if Tampa wins. Um those six points is what I'm looking at. And if I'm if I'm Carolina, listen, let me be very clear when I say this. There's not many running backs in the NFL that can actually come close to doing what Christian McCaffrey does for his team uh, every single Sunday when he's healthy. However, uh, Davis has filled in like great greatly for him. Not saying that he's a, a, a close to Christian McCaffrey or he can yeah, do yeah, just yeah. run routes is is better. Uh, as Christian McCaffrey are uh, equal, but I'm just saying he's a, a very good feeling running back. And I think he's definitely on uh, on that role since McCaffrey's been out. And he, he's definitely showed that he can play. He's a guy that probably be looking for another job come next year some, sometime. Uh, to me, he's just played that, that well. But uh, this game is very close, given the six points, uh, for all the reasons that we just said. This is not one that I just I, I just looked at and was like, oh, yeah, Tampa's real mad. They're going to come in and, and beat the crap out of Carolina. Um, I, both teams probably, you know, going to try to establish the run early, uh, dominate time of possession, yeah, of yeah, course, limit turnovers. I don't see you don't it going that so? way. <laughs> I don't yeah, see it going that way. And, and part of that is exclusively because of the chemistry that Antonio Brown and Tom Brady still seems to have, even though they only played one game together last year. But mm-hmm. for him to come out and be able to, like, there were some times where I saw Chris Godwin, you know, just telling him, hey, you need to be lining up here. You need to motion mm-hmm. here. But when it came mm-hmm. to him actually running his routes, uh, going up there and being able to make his catch, he he looks like he's still in good football shape. Man, mm-hmm. if you got to worry about Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, and Chris Godwin on top of Gronkowski and Cameron Bray or whoever else, and you that Carolina defense, who's covering any of them? Any of them. Like, well, this, this this is my thing. If you have Tampa Bay scoring 30 and, and they killing it on the offensive end all night long, uh, kind of like uh, they did a few times this year, if you got them doing that, then by all means, I feel like Tampa's going to win by six because I don't think yeah. there's going to be a game where Tampa Bay score, Carolina score, Tampa Bay score. I, I don't have it being that way. I just have it being a – uh, tough game. And the reason why I, I say Tampa win is because I have them being a more physical team. I have them uh, protecting Tom Brady better than what Carolina could, can protect uh, Teddy Bridgewater. Um, and especially like you, if Christian McCaffrey's not playing, I definitely believe in the combination of uh, the Rojo. I can't even feel comfortable saying it. And Ronald Jones, because that's who he still is. Uh, I believe in a combination of him and Leonard Fournette a little bit more than I believe in uh, Mike Davis stepping right back into the starting starting lineup. But uh, overall, um, I think it's going to be a good game. Um, I just believe Carolina window for errors is a lot smaller than what Tampa Bay's is. That's what it comes down to for me. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we we definitely just have it playing out differently because I think. Uh, I think it. I think it's gonna come down to scoring. Uh, I think Tampa Bay is gonna put up a lot of points, and of course, I just don't see Carolina being able to match that. Yeah. Well. Yeah. There you go. I mean, I got. I have Tampa covering the six. Um, yeah. I have. Yeah. I have Tampa possibly winning by eight, eight or more. Um, but I think early on it will be a be a tough game. It's just if 
Teddy does turn the ball over or whatever, uh, it can get ugly because you can't give Brady a lead. He, that's the, I know he's older, but he's still that guy. <laughs> if you give him a lead, it's hard to beat him. Point yeah. blank period. If the yeah. defense go out there and, and cause two or three turnovers, it's hard to beat Tom, a Tom Brady-led uh, team. Point blank period. So the game that I looked at was uh, actually the Monday night game, and that's uh, Minnesota uh, actually plus one against Chicago. Uh, I'm not too big on neither of these teams. Um, Chicago, I like their defense, of course. Uh, however, their offense um, is shaky at best. Um, I always look at Chicago as that offensive club that I'm saying, man, it seems like every Sunday I find my week saying, yeah, there's no way possibly score between. No way possible they score between <laughs> three. Uh, Every Sunday, I, who, no matter who they playing, I kind of look down and, and say, yeah, it's going to be tougher than the score just because they struggle so much offensively. Um, and I, what I do like about Minnesota, right, is they are they stand true to that to their identity. Uh, the big win against Green Bay. Um, and then they turned around and won again this Sunday. Uh, if you look at both of those games combined, one thing that I noticed was how much more they run the ball because Delvin Cook is there. It's like yeah. when he was gone, we didn't even think about running the ball. Here you go, uh, uh, Kirk, uh, Kirk Cousins. Throw this thing 30 times a game. Do what you want to do. You know what I'm saying? If we win, yep. we, win we lose, we lose. Well, now that Cook has come back, they're averaging about 35 runs a game. Uh, uh and just when he was out, it was down about 15. So they, that was literally half. Uh, and then on the opposite side, Kirk Cousins, he goes from throwing the ball 30 to 35 times a game to he's only passing the ball 16, 17 times a game these last two games Yeah, on the app. Uh, so it just less a chance of, of turnovers. And Delvin Cook is the real deal, man. He is the, the real deal. So um, I'm kind of liking Minnesota. Um in this game, if, if Chicago wins, don't get me wrong, it wouldn't surprise me. It just wouldn't be like, oh, my God, this huge upset. Yeah. But the only way I see Chicago being able to to move the chains consistently and taking their shots um, to win this game, I think it's going to have to come down to how good Allen Robinson can be. I think he's going to have to win his matchup like damn near all night long. I, you know, th- just looking at it, I, I look at this. This should be a game he has at least 10 to 12 targets, and he, he should have at least 10 catches. Th- that's how I see them winning this game if they do win. I don't think that the offense can go out there and put up 17, 21, how they, you know, typically like to play yeah. and, uh, and be, su- be successful. Um, Kirk Cousins have the weapons on the outsides to, to somewhat challenge the Chicago defense. Uh, and we know he have the guy who, if they say, hey, we need you to run that ball 35 times tonight, we know he's going to answer the call. So I just think uh, Minnesota is, you know, at this point is just a little bit more solid offensively than what the Bears are. Um, I'm leaning Minnesota, too. I don't think that this is going to be – I don't think this game will resemble the past two weeks. I think if the Vikings are going to win this game, it's going to require – uh, Kirk Cousins to do more passing than he's been able to do the past two weeks. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that Chicago defense is going to be able to um, – they're absolutely not going to let Davin Cook get 200 on him, but I don't think they <laughs> – I don't think he, you know, really has a strong outing in general, which is okay. crazy to say after what we've seen from him <laughs> the past two weeks. Um, but I think Kirk Cousins will have to 
uh, step back and, and get those that talent that he does have around him with Thielen and Justin Jefferson and uh, Irv Smith Jr. and those guys. And I think he's going to actually have to make some plays with his arm. But I do think, like you said, I think they have uh, the more talented offense. And unless Chicago ends up actually, um, if they're, unless Chicago's defense actually ends up scoring, I don't really have faith in them getting points uh, <laughs> on offense. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'd, I'd roll with the Vikings as well in that one. Okay. Cool. Cool. Um, and like always, we have to discuss the New Orleans Saints matchup um, for this week. Um, by any chance, did you catch the point spread on that game? I saw it as nine. I saw it open up as nine. I saw it as nine and a half. Okay. Um, either way, yeah. Um, I just think, I just think after that big performance uh, this Sunday, um, New Orleans is pretty much ready to to play ball. Um, like you said, we can definitely come out and look down on our um, opponents, but I think. With Sean Payton and Drew Brees in the locker room, um, I'm leaning more like we kind of stay uh, on this ride that we on this wave that that we just got on. I don't think that the defense can play or even offense for that that matter can play as great as we played this Sunday. Yeah. However, I do believe we can beat San Francisco given the injuries uh, by nine, especially if we get off to a quick start. Yeah, and there's a and I mentioned this earlier when we were first talking about the Saints. Um, the fact that, like you say, coming off a big win like that, you always worry about them, you know, overlooking their next opponent. And like I say, just the 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 um, the standing that San Francisco's team is with all the injuries and all the COVID um, uh, illnesses that they have, um, they're in such a bad shape that I don't think even overlooking this team, we could not beat them by ten points. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that and then you're playing in the dome, there's more and more fans being let into there. Um, yeah, I don't I I don't see us not being and, and we're healthy. Like that's the right. biggest thing at this point. Mm-hmm. We're healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh that that allows uh our offense to score more and it's gonna allow our defense to rest more. Um so yeah, I'm I I'm definitely riding with the Saints on that one, uh to cover that. Cool. Cool. Well, we see that game going the same. Well, uh, that's pretty much all that we got to cover today. Well, all that I had to cover today. Say, was there anything that uh that that you missed out on saying or, or getting out there? Uh, no. Nah, that is that is it for that is it for today on my half. Cool. Cool. Well, uh, appreciate you guys tuning in. Like I said, it's been real. Like always, man. Many more conversations to come, and um, we're gonna keep this thing going. Absolutely.